Uh, Barry Soper, our senior political correspondent with us now. Hi, Barry. Good afternoon, Heather. Right, so we're getting excited about Princess Anne, are we? <laughs> getting out the Union Jacks? Well, I think there's only one person getting excited about it, and that's you. Mm. Um, she's coming here to, uh, at the request of the New Zealand Army, the uh, Signals Corps, uh, which, of course, she is the Colonel-in-Chief of, uh, and she'll be attending their 100th uh, celebrations at um, the Linton Military Camp in Palmerston North. Look, they have a lot of fun when they come here, Heather. We know that. That um, Look, she's uh, then going on. She'll be coming down to Wellington, and uh, she'll be laying a wreath at um, the Pukiahu uh, National War Memorial there. Uh, and then she'll go down to Christchurch to rededicate the War Memorial at the Cathedral Square uh, in that city. So uh, the last time she came here was uh, in 2010. So she hasn't had a holiday in New Zealand for some considerable time. Uh, and you will have heard me say that she's uh, going to Palmerston North. And I thought that maybe she should have seeked uh, the advice of uh, fellow countryman John Cleese, who visited there in 2005, you may remember, um, Cleese uh, did not like Palmerston North at all. He liked his trip to New Zealand, called Invercargill delightful, Christchurch a very nice town, Wellington sophisticated, fun and lively. But Palmerston North didn't impress him at all. He stayed in a little motel. The weather was grotty, the theatre was nasty, and the audience um, was very strange to play to. <laughs> Um, but they had the last laugh, and uh, hopefully um, uh, the princess may go there when she's uh, in Palmerston North because they called the rubbish dump there uh, Mount Cleese. And one person who got a kick out of that was John Cleese's uh, fellow Monty Python um, uh, comedian, Eric Idle. He visited there in 2016 and posed with, with a photograph at Mount Cleese. Um, so, yeah, yeah. Um, I really enjoyed how you. I, I really. Here, I enjoy how you shoehorned a discussion about Palmerston North into to what was about supposed to be about Princess. Well, Anne. that's what she's coming essentially to Palmerston North <laughs> and Wellington and Christchurch. Anyway, tell me. Well, about, no, mainly though for Palmerston North, for, the yeah, signals core because she's the um, the senior officer, on and it. it's the hundredth anniversary. And it's a fair point that you make, Barry. Mm. Okay, so what is going on with the firearms <laughs> owners having to pay for the police burglary callouts? What's going on here? <laughs> Well, look, I couldn't believe this, and I've been trying to um, get confirmation of it uh, from the Beehive today, unsuccessfully, but it seems absolutely absurd. Here's uh, one mad Australian coming to the country uh, and uh, the dreadful mosque attacks, and, um, you know, they've clamped down on firearms. Well, I don't know about you, Heather, but I think there's been more firearms offences uh, since the crackdown. But um, apparently, um, the um, if there's a burglary of a firearm residence that uh, has firearms in it, then the police will be charging the firearms owners. Now, uh, this is a um, a review of the Act. Now, uh, the uh, new Minister of Police, Stu Nash, has been called on to rule out uh, charging law-abiding citizens for being burgled. And I think rightly so. Of course, um, the ACT Party is all over this one. Uh, it's um, spokesperson Nicole McKee. She said licensed firearm owners deserve the same rights as other victims of crime. They go through daily checks and balances and uh, they should be able to legally own their firearms and they shouldn't be treated as if uh, they're in the wrong for doing so. And this would seem to be the case in this. Um, you know, uh, I think... ACT has got a good point. I think Stu Nash should act on this because uh, why should they be singled out 
uh, differently yeah. to any other citizen. Yeah. Did they say what the cost is? What the cost of the burglary call-out would be? Well, who knows? But okay. I don't think it would be that cheap. They'd have to investigate it and what have you. Yeah, okay. Hey, now I can understand that, Bar- uh, that, that, that Grant Robertson is unhappy about Saudi Arabia sponsoring the, the, the Women's Football World Cup, but what can he do about it? Well, you know, I think you're right, Heather. I don't think anything will happen about it. Um, Grant Robertson can protest as much as he likes as Minister of Sport. Uh, he um, said that he hopes that FIFA considers its commercial arrangements after uh, human rights uh, campaigners have uh, denounced uh, that country uh, being one of the sponsors. Apparently, uh, they're going to suggest that uh, people visit Saudi Arabia. I've been there and there's not a hell of a lot to see there. So I don't know why anybody would want to go there. But nevertheless, the human rights abuses in that country are dreadful and particularly they're egregious uh, for women. Uh, who live there. And, um, uh, you know, you can understand human rights uh, organisations like Amnesty International uh, being upset about uh, them being a sponsor. It's the biggest event for women in the world, sporting event for women in the world. But uh, look, Robertson said he wanted the government um, uh, to ensure that the tournament was uh, empowering women and girls in sport. And uh, then he hoped that uh, FIFA would understand that. Well, I don't think he, uh, FIFA in the past, when you think of Qatar and the uh, soccer that was played there recently, uh, really takes much notice of that. No, too right. Barry, thank you. Barry Soper, Senior Political Correspondent.